Hello, this is Michael Rosso, an impromptu episode of the Film Photography Podcast. This is episode number 32, April 8th, 2011, and I'm on the road. Trip down to Tampa, Florida. You know, many, many of you folks out there either have a blog or a YouTube channel, and did you know that if you're using Blogger, which is Google, the Google, or if you're using YouTube, which is also Google, the Google, that by adding ads to your blog, did you know that you could actually generate revenue from that? Well, I have to tell you, I know very little about this, and down here in Tampa, I met James Worley, and he knows a lot about it. He put a video up, and it's gone viral. We're gonna be talking about that, and all questions are gonna be answered, I hope, and we're gonna be talking to James in a few minutes. We're also gonna be talking today about the FPP, Film Photography Podcast Meetup, There's two of them going on. There's one in New York on April 16th, and that's head up by Dan Domi and Matt Mirage and Michael Kalea. And there's also one in Toronto on April 30th at 1 p.m. in the Distillery District of Canada. And that is being head up by FPP listener Alex Lojcik. And of course, I'm gonna be talking about my trip to Tampa. What the heck am I doing down here? Well, it just so happens that Jim Caldwell from the Photobug podcast sent me an email a few weeks ago because he noticed that the FPP was hosted by Podbean and his podcast, Photobug, is also hosted by Podbean. And he uh, was fascinated by the fact that uh, everyone's shooting film and he's a listener of the show, him and his co-host Fred Rogers. And he called me up and said, hey, do you want to be on the show? And I just said, hey, you know what? Uh, it just so happens that I'm going to be flying down to Tampa to see my good friend John the Trackman. Of course, any folks that have listened to all the FPP episodes know who John the Trackman is. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about my trip to Tampa, what the Photobug podcast is, and of course I'm going to be talking about, quote, unquote, what's in the bag. Yes, what did I pack and bring along, and what am I doing down here regarding shooting? So we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to be right back with James Worley, and we're going to be talking about blogging, posting videos on YouTube, and the concept of videos going quote-unquote viral, and guess what? Possibly making some revenue. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, here to tell you about FilmPhotographyStore.com. That's right, FPP's Film Photography Store. You can buy film stock, Holgas and toy cameras, vintage cameras, and more. When you purchase from Film Photography Store, proceeds go to FPP Film Photography Podcast. Help keep us running in 2011, 2012, 2013, and beyond. And beyond. Check out the Film Photography Store. When you check out, use the special code in April 0411. That's the special code 0411 for you to get a 10% discount. Thank you. Hey, we're back and I'm here with James Worley. Hey, James. How you doing, Mike? Pretty good, pretty good. James recently did a video. Well, what is the video called, James? Um, the, the video is of a 2011 Ferrari 458 Italia that um, has over or just under 500 miles on it 
The guy had it for two weeks and I stumbled upon the accident scene. I got there about three minutes before the cops arrived. And when I passed the uh, Ford F-150 that was posed on the hood like a monster truck, um, I looked over, saw the Ferrari, my jaw dropped, and I said, holy shoo, and whipped off the side of the road, grabbed my camera out, and did what I know how to do. And that was shooting video footage. Right, exactly. Video. So you did it on instinct. Just because that's what I like to do. And yeah. I had my, right. I guess you went to your home or office later and you extracted that footage and you just decided to, to did you actually start a YouTube channel for that video or did you already have you know, it? I've, I've had the YouTube channel for about five years, probably around the time YouTube started because YouTube is five years old. Okay. But I had played with the idea of doing videos but never really did anything. I'm a person that, that don't like to do things by myself. Right. This didn't take anybody except for the guy that owned the Ferrari and right. the guy that owned the truck. That, that's basically, yeah. Great, so f folks out there listening, you may be saying, well, you know, what the heck are you talking about, Mike? This is not about you know film photography or photography. Well, actually, it's more of a universal theme, and I've seen many threads on Flickr.com about taking your media, whatever that might be, whether it's digital photography, film photography, uh, a video that you shot, and I know many of you have blogs out there as well as we have a blog. Everyone, well I can't speak for everybody, but most people want their blog to be visited often, and even if they're not generating revenue from it, I mean, who doesn't want to know that, that your podcast, blog, video is getting mega hits. I know that I keep an eye on FPP, and when I see things spike or the number of downloads go up, uh, you know, my eyebrow goes up, oh, what's going on? So, uh, James, you took this video of this Ferrari, be Ferrari car being trampled by a truck, and you put it on YouTube. Right, um, first, before I put it on YouTube, um, I had contacted some local media about it. Right and inquired to the fact if they were interested in the video. Right. And it seemed that, that everybody thought that, well, no, there was no injury, nobody was hurt, that there was no value in the video. So I, I was kind of, you know, I, I thought, well, that was going to be the way I would do something with it. And I waited uh, like a day or two and then said, well, let me just go ahead and throw it up on YouTube and see what happens. And I put it up on YouTube and I'd say within two and a half to three hours, I started noticing views coming in. It got up to around 300 views, and then it stopped. And I was like, well, what's going on? For like four hours, right. there were no more views. I was so excited over this, I could hardly sleep. And I was getting up and checking, refreshing the page. So, so when, you, when you had a few hundred hits, I mean, that was, you probably thought, what the heck, oh my God. Right, what's going on here? Right. You know, people put videos up all the time that get no views for two weeks, right. a month, you know, and they're lucky if it gets one or two views. This almost immediately started getting views. It got up to around three, uh, 330 views and it froze. And I kept going back and checking it, checking it. Currently, there are just under two million views, correct? Uh, yeah, just, just under uh, 1.3 quarter million views. Now, did you also have a blog at the same time? Uh, I, I did not have one at the time, no. The video was found and recognized by a blogger. Who, okay. Who, uh, he writes for, uh, for Car Domain. He has his own uh, website and blog too, which is subipal.com. His name is Michael Barinas. How do you spell that website? Uh, S-U-B-Y 
P-A-L.com. Okay. That's a car website. Right. He's a Subaru fan. But, okay. But he writes about all different types of vehicles. That's sort of like comp that to like me shooting with Canon or Polaroid cameras. Like I'm a Canon fan. Yeah, pretty much. You know, people that are into cars, they have a favorite. Right. But they appreciate all different types of, of vehicles. Right. Did you start your own uh, blog? Blogger. I actually started my own blog about a week ago. Okay. And my my blog is extremeautonews.com. Okay. And I also have the YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/slash/extremeautonews. If someone went on YouTube right now, what what would they type in in the YouTube search just to find your video? Just go to www.youtube.com/backslash/extremeautonews. Uh, and my video is now posted on, on the front of that. Now, the fact that your video went what's called, quote, unquote, viral. Now, viral means that, you know, one person tells another person and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. Or gets promoted on a very popular website where there's just a lot of viewers and they just everyone just clicks up. Or a little bit of all of this. Right. Uh, now, did you know at the time that YouTube actually would generate revenue or did you actually have to go to YouTube and sign up for something? Well, I've always known that there was a way to, to earn revenue off of YouTube. There are very popular YouTubers. One is SXE Phil. Uh, let's see, another one. What is that? Phil who? For my pockets? SXE Phil. What does that mean? His name. Uh, people joke. It says Sexy Phil. His name's Philip DeFranco. What is it about that 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 site? Uh, he does he does uh, a few times a week. He does a f impromptu uh, news stories and and adds like comical twists to it all. Okay. And he he runs like a lot of the big YouTubers run four or five YouTube channels that are all networked together. They're and pretty they'll... serious about YouTube. Oh yeah, they make a living off of it. Yeah. There okay. there was just an event last week in Orlando. Things came up and I didn't go. I was supposed to go to it. But it was a really big event where a lot of big YouTubers came in to Orlando to, uh, to this event. And they have a few of those every year right. at different locations. Now, we'll just back up a quick second. Did you say people, some people are making a living out of YouTube? Meaning, are they uh, they're generating or making the content themselves? They, that's part of the rules. You have to create your own content. You right. can't just use other people's content. That's... Of course, everybody knows copyright infringement. Yes. And YouTube, if they, uh, to enable to be a YouTube partner, you have to generate your own content. You have to upload frequently. You have to uh, show them subscribers. Right. You have to show that your videos are popular. You know, you don't become, you don't just apply and become a YouTube partner. I tried that in the beginning. You have to, you have to uh, show them that you're serious about it, or you're actually, you're actually uploading on a regular basis. Right, exactly. Well, I, and I learned more about this with my video because what they do first, if you have a video like mine that went viral, that is gaining in views, what they'll do is they'll email you and invite you to monetize that video. Oh, well, let's stop right there. YouTube has to invite you to monetize. You cannot sign up for it. Exactly right. Correct, Amundo, eh? They, they, yeah. You can't just sign up to monetize. You can request to be a partner, but once they deny you, which they do every time because you don't have all the stats and everything to back it up, then you have to wait two more months before you can reapply. Now, to film photography podcast listeners, of course, we often, we often go to YouTube. Of course, when we get a new camera. Uh, when we're thinking about, about buying a camera or we're having problems, we need to troubleshoot a camera, we go to YouTube and type in, you know, Polaroid 100 automatic land camera. 
and I've noticed, we've noticed that there are a number of YouTube users who are, let's say, weekly posting instructional videos who are clearly very serious about YouTube. And I guess if they're consistent and they have enough listeners or have enough viewers that they may be generating some revenue from that. Right. A couple ways to, to be able to tell by looking at their channel if they are a partner or they're generating revenue is one, if they're showing up on the right hand corner, if you see a square ad come up on there. Okay. And across the bottom of their videos, you'll see a little ad come up after 10 seconds and the, the ad changes three times. That means either they are generating revenue or the video that they are featuring on their channel is generating revenue for the person that posted it. Now you can feature other people's videos on your channel. You will not make money. They will make money from your video, from you showing their video. Right, okay. You mentioned that, you know, we're not gonna go into any uh, gory details about what type of money you're making on uh, your viral video. Were you surprised? Very surprised. You mentioned it to me off offline, but I would say it's um, substantial, we're not talking about a few pennies here. It's just a substantial. Um, no, ac actually, it, it it was it had did surprise me. It wasn't anything that that people make in a year, but some people, you know, it takes them a few months to make what I made off of that one video. Uh, on top of the fact that um, the Today Show contacted me, okay, and they paid me to use my video and they ran a story on it, which the video, the Today Show video is also on my channel with their permission. Uh, that was part of the agreement. And a website in Germany, Germany's largest news website, bild.de, they contacted me also and paid me to use the video. That's awesome, okay. So things kind of happened very quickly with that video. Yeah, it, 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 <clears throat> it happened very quickly and, and, and it, was, it, it, was, it was an exciting venture. Right. I was excited. I kept telling people about what's going on. Right. It was something definitely to talk about now, and a learning experience. Now, because of this success with this one video, are you now on a very accelerated, quote unquote, learning curve of how YouTube works, about the blog? Is there any, any facts that would help some of our listeners to know about, hey, I'm going to do a photo blog? Any tips you may have in your. Uh, definitely. Uh, one thing I'm going to say for sure, which is a definite tip. Always have a video camera with you if you're doing video or if you're doing photo, always have a camera with you. Right. Because you never know when that opportunity is gonna come up, just like me, where, wow, I've gotta get a video of that. Right. I've had people question me, why did you stop and videotape that? I said, because I had to. I just knew I had to. That was it. That, that's the first suggestion. You know, if, if that's what you want to do, always have the tools with you to do it. Right, and, okay. And be Great. prepared to, even if you're on your way somewhere, which I was at the time, I stopped. I was late to get there, right. but I knew I had to get that video. That's an awesome tip. We talked about it many times in the past about, hey, make sure you have your Olympus Stylus Epic or your Olympus Trip 35 in your pocket. You never know what you're going to come across. Because photo, photojournalism, if it's a one-time event and you catch it, just any way to capture it, of being the only person there because after the fact is just not going to be the same. Right. There was one other person there that stopped who does uh, photography. Okay. And he snapped a few pictures of it. He put the, the pictures together on a, like a slideshow and put it up on YouTube. Okay. And oh, no it, kidding. It, it doesn't have a thousand views. Oh, why do you suppose that is? The, first, uh, Michael, 
uh, with suvpal.com found that. Okay. And he wrote a small story about it. Then he found my video, pretty much reassured me that, that my video was going to get a lot of views. Okay. And I, I, after I saw what happened, how it was rising in the views, I kind of knew that, but I didn't know it was going to take off like it did. Like, what are you gearing up to do? I mean, clearly, it's not like you're expecting to get another viral video anytime soon, but I get the sense from talking to you that you kind of want to get something consistent going. Is that true? Right, exactly. I've started my own blog, which is ExtremeAutoNews.com. It's ExtremeAuto, A-U-T-O-N-E-W-S.com. And I started that actually about a week ago. And you're interested in cars personally? I've always had an interest in cars. Find something you like and do a blog about it. Right, absolutely. Because that's what you know the most about. Right, and you're passionate about it. Right, and I've tried uh, three or four other times unsuccessfully to start blogs and just get bored. And I think this is going to work for me because I've, I'm, I'm regaining that interest in, in automobiles. And, oh, good. And now starting to get involved with a network of people that do car shows and that write about cars and they're contacting me telling me about other shows and things going on and wanting me to go shoot video that they can write about. So it's like a snowball rolling down the hill and as it's rolling down the hill it's picking up more snow and getting bigger because as you're doing this you're more you're talking to more people more of the stuff's going on and it just kind of grows from there organically. Right exactly and another tip that, uh, that somebody else told me, which I did follow his tip. Um, he said, don't always rely on internet promotion. Okay. He said, uh, go old-fashioned to go print. He said, get yourself some business cards made up. Right. And be clear on the business card, make it interesting, and give it to people. And make it something that makes people ask questions. Like I have a photo caption on my business card of the actual accident with the Ford truck sitting up on the hood of the Ferrari. And everybody I've handed that card to has either A, seen the video and asked me about it, is this from that video? Or B, said, what is this on your card? And I had to tell them because it created that question. I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people that I've given the cards to went to that website, to, you know, to my YouTube channel to see the video. Right. In fact, I've gotten some messages from people. I met the, the Ferrari salesman from Ferrari of Tampa Bay that sold the gentleman the Ferrari. And when I handed him the card, he looked at me and said, did you shoot that video? And I said, yeah. And he, he said, oh my God, that's, that was great, man. He said, I was, you know, I sold that guy that car. And I said, I said, really? He said, oh man, yeah, you know, I've been wanting to get in touch with you because we can work some things out. You know, I've seen what's been going on with your video and I heard about your blog and, and you know, we, we can uh, set something up to have you out, come out to do some features on cars. Oh, awesome. And, uh, and that's, that's. Were you surprised? I, you know, it's every time it kind of, it, if I don't, visually you know show a smile inside it feels good right that people recognize it you mentioned theft let me talk about that really quick quickly because you know many times I've seen threads online about photography photographers are sometimes reluctant to post their images on a public site like Flickr.com because there are a lot of images that are very they're very iconic or they may be uh, artistic nudes or something that's very popular and the greatest fear is that someone is going to actually rip their image off of Flickr and then post it 
as an imposter and posted posted as their copyrighted material. So, does is this same problem happen on YouTube? Uh, are you afraid that someone is going to quote unquote rip your video and then post it as their own? I'm not afraid of it anymore because I have learned uh, it did happen and it happened many times. I found over 30 times where people ripped my video and reposted it. Not only on YouTube, on many other websites. And if you find it on other websites, most of them will have a way for you to file a complaint with that website. And if the person that, most of the time, the website will take it down because they are liable for the content that people put up. Are you policing your video? I, I, yes I am, I'm still looking for it, but I've pretty much learned how to take care of it. I've had it, you know, every time it's been reposted on YouTube, I found it, filed the complaint within... They do a takedown. Yeah, they do a takedown, and whenever you go back to that video, it shows you, you know, this video is no longer available, uh, by uh, by order of me, and it has my name. Right. Well, James, it's uh, been pretty awesome talking to you. I think uh, this has been very, very helpful to our listeners, and we totally appreciate, as you guys know out there, we totally appreciate feedback, filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can contact James. James at extremeautonews.com, and that is the email address for the blog. You can visit my blog at www.extremeautonews.com and the YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash extremeautonews. Well, James, thank you for uh, taking the time to chat with us on FPP. Thank you very much. With Polaroid's one step, you just press one button, a motor hands you the picture, and the sharp, brilliant color develops in minutes. Oh, very pretty. It's the world's simplest camera because of what you don't do. What don't you do? Well, you don't focus, you don't set exposures, you don't measure the distance. Sorry I asked. Or whine, prank, or peel anything, or worry about batteries, or getting your pictures developed. Does anybody remember all that? Nope. They get the one step and forget it. Hey, we're back. And uh, super, super special guest is John the Trackman. Uh. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, for those of you who have listened to FPP from the from the episode one, occasionally John Trackman would uh, just call. As a matter of fact, John, you're the only person who's ever called into the show. I just happened to call when you guys were doing the podcast. And I, I always leave my phone on. There you go. So, you know, foolishly, I leave my phone on. But a few times I asked you, and uh, you did send us the uh, Ansco Pioneer, or was it Ansco, Ansco Clipper? Ansco Clipper. Send us the Ansco Clipper, and I'm trying to think what film that took. I think it took, took 616 roll film. I did find some old 616 film, but I think I may have uh, bravely tried to load 120 film onto the 616 cores. And I did, didn't I send you an image that was shot with the Ansco Clipper? Yeah, I think it was of the uh, office park where you Yes, yeah. absolutely. So it actually works. So welcome back to FPP. I'm on the road, I'm down in Tampa, Florida. It's a very uh, uh, just thought up, impromptu show, mostly because it's just been so much going on film photography wise. Namely, I was invited down to be on Jim and Fred's Photobug podcast. Jim Caldwell and Fred Rogers, they uh, share a passion for photography and they've been friends for over three decades and they launched the Photobug podcast. It's on Podbean, which is the same host as us. And you can go to the Google. The Google. And you can just type in Photobug Podcast, and you will uh, 
come across their website. And I do encourage you folks to give it a listen. Fred is also a drummer with his group, Virtuosos. Uh, they created Funky Monkey theme song for the Photobug podcast. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> exactly. Uh, by the way, for anyone who out there is listening and thinking that I'm in an echo, 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 chamber, 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 chamber. Because I'm in the. Because I'm in the. I'm in the. Of the. Estate. Estate. Of John the Trackman. Thank you. I'm in John's uh, palatial estate down here in, in uh, the Tampa area. We're, uh, we're in his uh, huge living room with uh, the... Uh, seriously, how many feet is that? Is that like 20-foot ceiling? Um, it's a, uh, what do you call that? Uh, cathedral ceiling. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You have like a pool and a hot tub. Sure, yeah. And you have a whirlpool in your, like, your private bedroom? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah, and he threw a huge welcome reception for me last night. A big... Uh, big uh, pool party. Big pool party. Yeah, barbecue. Barbecue, yes. Yes, that too. James is off. Off, uh, my don't forget the uh, don't forget the, the dock on the lake. Oh, and he has a newly built dock yeah. right on the lake where you can fish from. Sure. So sort of this like Shangri La. Kind of. It's like yeah. Shangri La da down here. Kind of. Yeah. And folks out there may say, Mike, what's in the bag? What's in the bag? You know what's in the means? bag, Mike? Well, uh, the plan for this trip. First of all, I knew I was coming down for the Photo Bug podcast, and I knew I wanted to bring some cameras to talk about on uh, Jim and Fred's show. And plus, I knew I wanted to shoot some film down here because it was a change of venue. So what's in my bag is a combination of stuff I own and stuff I'm testing. Now, what I threw in the bag was my Canon T50 because of ease. I was tempted to bring the Canon AE-1 program, but I decided, you know what? I'm just going to throw the T50 in. I brought the T50 with a 28 to 70 millimeter lens and also a 19 to 35 millimeter lens. Remember that really, really wide lens? Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So I brought the T50. I knew I wanted to shoot some 120 photography, so I brought my Holga 120N, of course. Holga! Of course you know the Holga 120N is the staple Holga camera. It uh, has a uh, hot shoe. Hot shoe! Bless <laughs> you. Bless you. <laughs> it has a hot shoe on top of it, uh, and it, um, it's, it's, it's the staple Holga. I also brought my Polaroid 1600 camera. This is a later uh, generation Polaroid camera. It's, you know, in the one-step family, it shoots Polaroid 600. And of course, the big news is uh, the fact that um, the Impossible Project just released some color film for Polaroid 600. We'll talk about that in a second. And I also brought a brand new camera. Actually, this came into inventory into our FPP store, thefilmphotographystore.com. Oh, that'd be great if you shoot some, shoot some stills. James uh, Bill, pulled out his... I think that's video. James pulled out, <laughs> James pulled out this Canon uh, HD camera that also shoots stills. Anyhow, I brought um, the... This is brand... This is fairly new. The Fujifilm Instax Mini 50S camera. This camera, they call it Piano Black. And I've been shooting Polaroid 300 the last year. And of course, Polaroid 300 is uh, nothing more, of course, than the Instax Mini camera. Uh, this newer generation of Instax Mini, I'm going to tell you folks out there, I love it. So Instax, <laughs> the Fuji Instax Mini 50S, the color is piano black. 
Now, John, I've been shooting with this camera all weekend. Are you impressed with the little pictures it puts out? It's pretty cool. It's like, uh, they're, they're like a mini... Uh, business card size. Yeah, like business card size. Uh, 60 millimeter lens, and the range is uh, from 0 0.6 meters. So it's, 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 a, it's a decent little camera. And that's a new Polaroid. Fujifilm makes this film, see Fuji Instax, and Fuji, Fuji also makes it for Polaroid in the US, and they call it Polaroid 300. So I, I threw this in my bag as well. And side note, uh, I brought a bunch of film, but I did not bring enough Instax Mini film. And as you read, <laughs> sounds like something you call your cat. Insta mini. Oh, this is Instax Mini. Mini. Do you remember I did a little, a little, I did a little bit of scramble for film? I was like, oh man, I'm running out of uh, Instax uh, Mini film. What should I do? Yeah, and I'm just like, Mike, don't you have like a whole refrigerator full of film at home? Yeah, at home. Yeah. But not here. Not here. Do you know what saved the day? I, I could. I had difficult finding Fuji Instax Mini film where I can walk into a store and buy it. Lo and behold, who saved the day? Target. Target. <laughs> Walked into Target because it just hit like the, it's like an apple hitting me on the head. I'm like, oh my god, Target sells Polaroid 300 film. I could use Polaroid 300 film in my Instax mini camera. Of course I can. We marched into Target. We went right to the electronics section. And there it was. They had 10 packs of Polaroid 300 film. The day before, we were down in, uh, what's that called? Igor City? Ebor. Y-B-O-R. <laughs> <laughs> we went down to Ebor City, and we found an Urban Outfitters, and they carried the two-pack of uh, Fuji Instax mini film. And it was, oh, my God. It was... It was Thirty dollars. <laughs> How much did you pay for it at uh, Target? Uh, Target it was nine ninety nine for see. one pack. There you go. So I saved ten dollars. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, per two pack I saved ten dollars. I mean, I'm really thrilled that Urban Outfitters carries so much film, but I'm really not too too stoked that uh, what they're charging for it. It's a little bit out of control as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, you know. Oh, the first guy I called was North Tampa Photography. They're on uh, West Bush Boulevard, right here in Tampa, Florida. Bush. <laughs> they've been in years over. They've been in business over forty years, and I figured I'd call them and see if they carried film. And the very nice gentleman who picked up the phone, they do carry film. Uh, he said, "You know, we have a little black and white, and we have some color film, but we do not have Fuji Instax." And he was the gentleman that recommended. He's like, "What?" Well, I suggest you call electronics store, which I never thought of, right. and that's what made me think of Target. So that is what is was. Duh. That's it. That's what, that is what's in my bag. And then I was uh, happy to come to John Trackman's house to find that he had uh, a box of cameras that uh, his brother sent from Hawaii. That's correct. And that would be uh, Tom Casimiro. Right. He had a Pentax K1000 camera which, with a 50 millimeter 2.0 lens and a zoom lens a 80 to 200 zoom lens for this camera as well as a Pentax flash. And I was pretty thrilled to see that because we've talked about this camera before in FPP but we've never really given it any love. This of course the K1000 is the staple Pentax 35mm SLR camera. It is the SLR camera, Pentax camera that people think of as sort of like the staple, the basic your first camera, the first 35 millimeter camera that you would want to use, I would always re recommend something like the K1000. By having this here, I also took this out for a spin because we weren't quite sure if it worked. We weren't sure. No. Did it have the uh, spider in the, in the uh, viewfinder? Uh, well, yeah, you know, uh, it has some junk on the back. It's, it's not totally clean. Uh, there's a lot of sand on it. That came from Hawaii. Yeah. 
And actually, I get pretty stoked about stuff like this because this is a real challenge. You really don't know if you go, you really don't know if you're going to, if the camera's going to work or not. I love taking cameras out on the road to just do kind of a test with them. This one has some sand on it. Doesn't have any sand in it. The shutter fires, no problem. Uh, the battery was working until until it fell out earlier today. It's still in my seat in the car. Isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. So I loaded this up with some 35 millimeter film and I took it out on the road today, and it performed. Excellent. The uh, rewinder piece that rewinds your film, the actual uh, little turny-turny uh, bar is broken off of it. So I'm curious to see if I get any light leaks by using this camera. Well, hey, where are the, some of the places we shot? Okay, yeah. Um, let's see. We went to Ybor City. People who don't know, it's it was once the Saqqara uh, rolling capital of uh, the country, I guess. Is that true? Well, um, you know, Tampa is proximity to Cuba back in the day, 120 miles away. It was a lot of... Um, there was a lot of cigar rolling in the, those days, in the 1800s, early 1900s, and there's a lot of history in Ebor. So I decided to take Mike there because, uh, you know, wanted to get some uh, urban shots. It was a very cool place to photograph. Sure. Because <clears throat> that's the first thing I said to John Trackman. I'm like, hey man, what, uh, where can we go with some interesting stuff to shoot? Do we go anyplace else? University of Tampa, uh, the Tampa Bay Hotel. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's old as well? Built in the 1800s, uh, mid-1800s. was a big uh, resort. It's a huge, huge hotel. It's now being used by the university. Plant Hall. Plant Hall, named after the... Robert Plant. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Henry Plant, who uh, I guess was the, uh, the architect, I, I believe. We found that great uh, soul food place. Uh, I've shot, yes. We found a great location, soul food place. We also went to S S S A A A F F E E E T T T Y Y Y Safety 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 Harbor. You could shoot if you want to. You could shoot all day if you want. If you bring your Polaroid down and your Fuji Instax too. You could shoot if you want to. You could bring your Holga down. Also bring your Pentax K1000 if you want to. Oh, I mentioned I also brought with me in the bag. Hey man, what's in the bag, man? A Holga Micro 110 camera, which some people call a spy camera. It takes one roll of uh, 110 cartridge film, yep. and it produces really awesome, grindy, grainy images that look amazing. They look like crap, but you still like it. Love it. <laughs> love it. I love yeah. it. Which is one of the reasons why you use it. Now, I have to ask you, are you, are you a little bit fascinated by film photography? I mean, you, I mean, you used to shoot it. You used to own a Minolta camera. You know, a sad story about uh, film. Is what? In, well, back in the 80s, I, uh, you know, um, just getting the, uh, being a new photographer and learning how to load film. And I went to Niagara Falls and uh, loaded up a... Uh, a, a roll of probably 24 or 36 and took a bunch of pictures and uh, never came out. <laughs> Is it possible that you didn't load it properly and you never, when you were forwarding? I don't know, it was about 20 years ago. I don't know what I did wrong. And, and what? You, and, and that, that when digital images, came? Images from Niagara Falls lost. Nothing happened. And, is that, and that because of that, do you feel that when digital was available, you were like, oh, hey man, excellent. Yeah, that's for me. It's trackman proof. <laughs> Uh, really quickly, I want to talk about the new film for Polaroid 600 cameras. Uh, I've been following the Polaroid Corporation's Facebook page for over a year now, and just about every two, three, four posts is, hey man, literally, I mean, I was getting tired of looking at it. People shouting out, complaining, 
moaning about the fact that Polaroid's no longer making film for Polaroid One Step 600 cameras. Hey man, start making film again. Start making 600 film. Yada, 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 yada. Well, the news is that the entrepreneurs at the Impossible Project have, uh, have come through and just released the first generation color film for Polaroid 600 cameras early April. Anyone that holds a Pioneer card had an opportunity to actually buy some and test it. And I'm told at the beginning of May, late April, that it's going to be available to the general public. And I've been testing the film and I am very happy with what I've been getting from it. And I think, John the Trackman, yeah. that you too actually... <laughs> Yeah? That, I mean, that hand-painted Pepsi sign was something else, huh? From Soul Food, yeah. Soul Food, yeah. I mean, when you looked at this, you said, oh, when you looked at it, you're like, oh, it looks like Polaroid film. Right. That's what we want, all want to hear. <laughs> That's a good thing. There have been, you know, various stages of impossible film, and, and some of it's been monochrome, and this is the first color film for Polaroid 600. I, I am really, really thrilled. I can't wait for this to go, go public. That's big, big news. And, uh, of course, remind you folks out there listening, Please do go by the flickr.com and look in groups and type in film photography podcast and you will find our group and you will see information about the film photography podcast meetups. Those are uh, days where all the listeners get together and go on a photo walk. Ah. Yes, we're having one on the 16th of April. That's a Saturday. In Tampa? In New York City. Oh. And we're having one that's run by Alex up in Canada hmm. in the Toronto area. It's known as the, the Distillery District, and they're meeting at Balzic's Coffee and Roastery on April 30th, 1 p.m. Are you going to that one? You never know. Anyway, no. I don't know at this point. Uh, but you, you want to go to our Facebook page, our film photography podcast, Flickr group, because that's where kind of all the news comes up right now. We're also going to be announcing very, very soon a brand new film photography project website. Everything that's going on FPP is going to be brought together as film photography project. We're going to have listener galleries. Uh, we're going to be uh, hopefully showing off our print exchange work from all of the members who participated in that. We're going to have a shop, a little store online. We'll have a central location where folks can listen to the podcast. So we want to kind of bring the community together. Yeah. And I think after talking, actually talking to Jim and Fred from Photobug, it's highly likely that we actually could have a Tampa meetup. That'd be cool, right? That'd be cool. I might go on that. I'll probably bring, a, bring my digital camera on my video camera, though. Is that okay? Yes. Will you throw me out? No, this is not like a... Yes, of course we won't throw you out. Okay. Folks, of course, can uh, email us at filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And... <laughs> And just give us some feedback. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, this is our express bonus show this month. Bonus! I do, bonus! I do uh, uh, encourage everyone listening, especially for the first time, to listen to our archive. And, of course, tune in on the 15th of April when we'll have our regular studio roundtable. Hey, uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I do have a T-shirt over here. What size is that T-shirt? Hey, um, folks out there, if you happen to email us based on listening to this show... I have an extra large t-shirt. You probably should move that filthy cat away from there. <laughs> this cat is very clean. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, this is a Ford... Uh, a Ford built tough extra large t-shirt. And where is that from, James? An actual picture of the accent. Oh, holy shit. This it is. You made that? You did? I also have it for sale. You sure you want me to plug this? It looks kind of like uh, some kind of Ford, uh, you know. No, it's legal to give it away.
Oh, it is? You did that? I did a design. Who designed it? I did a graphic designer. Oh man, I'm really impressed. Now that's built Ford Tough. And <laughs> James like, oh yeah, that's the accident picture. I'm looking at it again like, that is a Ford truck uh, rolling over a Lamborghini. No, Ferrari. that's the Ferrari. Oh, Ferrari. That's the, the accident. Eleven Ferrari with 500 miles. Wow. We have one to give away on the podcast. And uh, just shoot us an email, tell us a little bit about yourself, why you're shooting film photography, and uh, say, hey, I like the t-shirt, and we'll do a, a very quick drawing uh, and send one out to you, to you, you know, to one lucky uh, person who writes to filmphotographypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, thanks, John Trackman, for uh, hosting and, and uh, allowing me to come down here and hang out in your palace. Yeah, anytime. And uh, for allowing uh, Jim and Fred to come down here to shoot their uh, Photobug podcast. Photobug! And uh, James, really nice meeting you. Thank you. And, uh, nice to meet you also. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back on, the, uh, on uh, April 15th. Please tune in for our regular roundtable. And until then... Twenty-four. Sorry,